3: This is Golf with Jay
1: Delsing.
2: Golf with Jay Delsing on a Sunday morning on 101 ESPN. Along with Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Great to have you with us and a couple of great guests coming up as we come to you from 8 to 10. From the car shield studios and as always we're brought to you by Darty business solutions we'll visit with lou stagner he's the assistant coach at princeton their golf team but that's not why we wanted to have him on he's got data insights lead at arcos golf so we're going to talk a little bit about that the analytics, if you will, of the game of golf. And Adam Betts from Family Golf and Learning Center will be our guest in studio here in our number one. As always, Jay, great to see you on this big NFL weekend, man. Good I to know, be with you. I know. You too, Danny Mac. Thanks so much for
4: doing the show. I can't wait to talk to Lou. Adam, Adam's instant offense. I love Adam. I can't wait to, um, to to see what's going on with his Sims. And, you know, this weather is just so not golfing, man. It's just nasty. And and then Lou is really going to be fun. I, I want to talk to him. I, I got some questions I want to ask him about the handicap system just to give our listeners some just a little religion on, on what to expect and, and, and things like that. And I looked at something, Danny, and I think Arcos Golf has almost – billion data points or something crazy i was like
2: what don't you think though in the game of golf which is based on numbers you can get lost in the numbers
4: 100 percent, it's almost like anything though when when you we were both baseball nerds was it three years ago two years ago when the manager of the rays takes out blake snell who's absolutely unhittable danny unhittable but he doesn't want to go him to go through the lineup for the third time and they wind up losing the world series and, and it's or was it the alcs no it's the world series it was the world series and that manager kevin cash kevin cash i was blanking on his name but you could i'm like where's the eye test man Blake Snell was not going to give up a run that day.
2: Is there, though, something with the analytics of golf that does tell a story, like missed fairways, missed greens, shots in 100 yards, things of that nature, that if you start adding them up over the 18 holes, it really does tell you what you have to work on?
4: Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely information, but I just warn everybody, take it for what it's worth. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a great tool like a lot of times i'll go you know on the driving range with some of the younger players that i try to help coach and they're like you don't have a track man i'm like i don't need one (laughs)
2: right it's the eye test and i go
4: hit this ball when you hit it right i'll tell you just do that yeah you know and then and and they're like okay yeah that makes sense yeah then i you know flight that ball hit her low you know and 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 those sort of things so yeah it's it's super fun i i I just love it. I just love just geeking out on all this uh, golfy stuff.
2: How does a golfer deal with the cold weather here in St. Louis? Move, you mean we move. <laughs> I don't know, man. Take I, a trip to Florida, Arizona, they, California.
4: Exactly. I mean, I was sitting there thinking about you and 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 well, me. I mean, we do a lot for the community. We love this community. I mean, you your your special needs golf tournament raised over a half a million dollars in one day. At Norwood last year, and but then this cold weather comes here, and I ask myself, like, what are you doing here? Right. I'm like, let's go and come back or something, you know, but just – Yeah, it's tough, D. I
2: I don't like it. Your home base, when you played, was right here in St. Louis. So you got a couple of weeks off. You you talked about that you would work out a little bit, but put the clubs down. And I I would assume a lot of amateurs do that, too. You know, those that aren't on tour, those are just your weekend duffer like myself. You put the clubs away for a little bit. Not necessarily the worst thing.
4: It isn't the worst thing. It isn't the worst thing, but... You don't want to be stagnant with your body. You don't want to be you, you don't want to just park it on the couch and watch football all the time even though football's like on. I like that. But I mean then get up and and move your butt around or do something. Sure. To do some stretching, but because when you get believe me, I'm way older than you, but this is what it looks like when you get old. It's terrifying. You look great. Oh my gosh, Danny. You look great. And you great, can't buddy. even you stop you're you stop being able to move, you stop being able to, you know, so you've got to stay Mobile, and I mean, you've got Adam Betts. You got Family Golf and Learning Center. They got three sims down there. They've got heated bays, double decker. They've got everything you need. Last night, I took your daughter Avery to Elevate out in um, Lake St. Louis, and that place has seven bays of TrackMan and great graphics. And so, there's so much opportunity to get out and do something. Even if it's just once a week, just to be swinging, it's it's fun.
2: If you're not on the golf course, and that's the ultimate test as to whether or not you're hitting the ball well, I think you would agree with that. Yes. And if you're in a hitting bay, can you develop though, bad habits in a hitting bay? Meaning that I'm trying to drive this I'm a guy that hits at 220. I'm trying to get to 240, so now I'm overswinging yeah. or whatever the case may be. Yeah, no
4: question. You could definitely do that. There's definitely. I mean, it doesn't hurt to get a, a pro in there and get some training in there so that you get some, some consult because the one hard thing about not being able to see the ball fly is you're relying on the screen, you're relying on all the tech, and you're relying on the data, and a lot of people they don't
2: know what the data means. How close is it to being right? How precise?
4: It's I'll just say this. It's close enough. Now, on a lot of different areas, it's really good. Putting in short game, eh, it's just not there yet. Okay. Here's another thing that I would caution our listeners about doing. Do not get stuck pounding drivers. And into, that's my
2: that was my question. I know. Yeah. And, and
4: and and it's a great question because you you get yourself out of whack quickly because all you're trying to do is amp it up, amp it up, ramp it up, just more more power, more speed, and you wind up losing technique. It just I do the same thing. Sure. Because I'll look at the numbers and I'll go, okay, let me see if I can get my club head speed up to 117. You know, and I do, and the ball goes all over the place. It's all over the place. So take it for what it's worth. It's good for get your golf muscles in, in gear and get swinging. Don't get overly – caught up in, in the numbers, especially if you don't really know what they mean, and it's also getting out, get out of the house, get some exercise, get some blood flow.
2: When you're in an indoor session and you help out a lot of people, uh, the amateur player that's good, bad, and different, what are you trying to accomplish in a practice session? What are you doing?
4: It's great. Well, it's going to be different for everybody, but if it just depends on what, your, what, what I deem your biggest need is okay and I've got a, a really great guy that I just started working with and we are working on he wants to he's a 14 or 15 handicap and he wants to get the single digits and I believe on all my heart he can and he needs to work on some fundamental things and his biggest thing D is he doesn't turn through the ball he slides through the ball so his leg his left leg doesn't ever straighten it always bends and moves towards the target. And so when you move towards the target with your lower body, your head moves backwards and your spine angle tilts. And then the club ramps, generally speaking, a lot into out. Okay. And that's what he does. And And I'm just using that as an example. So what we're going to do first is we're going to fix the turn because that'll fix the head and that'll help with the swing path. So if you, have been doing this long enough, you know that there are certain things you don't have to work on, but you can fix another, and that'll take care of the other component. And that's crucial for helping a student, because if you break this thing down and go, you have seven flaws, and we can't fix three of them with one fix,
2: this is going to take you a lifetime. You know I love golf. You know I love playing the game of golf. You know that you will never let me give you a lesson. Never, but I get I get a lot of lessons when we're on a radio show, so I pay attention. (laughs) Um, I put down a cup and I'm putting on a rug. Yeah, is that stupid or what? I don't know. I mean, it's not much like.
4: Uh, no, it's not stupid. Can it at help my get... stroke at all? Yeah. Tell me I'm helping myself Yeah, absolutely. You are helping yourself. First of all, you're, using, out your here, put... Jay. You, you're using your putting uh, muscles and your putting stroke You've muscles. seen me putt. I don't know if I want to keep doing your it. Your putting was the most... Nope, that's not true.
2: My chipping was your better. Your
4: chipping was <laughs> your most improved this year. You got to single digits this year. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. And you're going down below five. No chance. Yes, you are. Listen to this, peeps.
2: By Trust the end me of on the this. summer, I was about a 30. It was bad.
4: You had a dip. You had a you had a, a recession, let's call it. Oh, you just it was had a bad. Yeah, but but um you also shot one over apart from the tips on the back nine at
2: Norwood. I did. That was my best round uh, that I had all year.
4: And didn't you shoot a 76? I did. Yeah.
2: I saw the you. Tips,
4: we played the tips.
2: I saw you. I don't think you broke 70 70- no. I would say at Norwood you didn't break well, let me put it this way: your highest score that I saw was a seventy-seven. I think from the tips at Norwood.
4: Yeah, that was early in and the you spring were, when it was cold, and, and I was you were awful. upset. I
2: you're, was awful.
4: I would take anything to get a
2: seventy-seven. Oh my gosh, I was terrible.
4: It, um, yeah, the crowd that I hang out with seventy-seven is you're getting lapped.
2: Three you're not going to make over. your money. No, they, they they take your money because you got to go out and shoot five hundred for you to make any money. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's like on tour too. It's a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd <laughs> I hang out with.
4: It's so much fun. It's so much fun, and that's one of the things. The handicap system in golf, Danny's like none other. I mean, the fact that look, let's just take your family for example. You're a single digit golfer. Your wife is a club champion. You have All State oldest son Luke, All State golfer. Oldest daughter Avery, three time All State golfer. You have Barrett who runs around and plays on the top soccer team in town and just happens to roll out of bed one day and shoot 81 at St. Louis Country Club. Because
2: he wanted to play a tournament.
4: And then you got Olivia, who made the golf team at Viz, the state championship yeah. golf team that was their sixth player, almost got to play in the so state. you're so, telling
2: me I'm really bad in my family. No, you're I'm right.
4: saying what's so cool is your entire family, if they want to, can go out and play together, play a variety of tees and everybody gets turned on. I mean, Luke since he started working out is hitting the ball. Oh, well, man. I couldn't see it land anyway, but I mean it's going three times farther than I could see He's it land. He's 340 probably. Yeah, 330,
2: 340
4: in Avery, that range. 275 average off the tee as a as a sixth She's seventeen now. No, Six, sixteen. Sixteen-year-old girl, two seventy-five off the tee. I don't know how far Libby hits it, but I know she had not missed a fairway She's since like nineteen ninety-four. Right, she hasn't missed a fairway. And then,
2: we, well, Bubs yeah, is everywhere. Bubs is everywhere, but he's hand-eye. <laughs> he's a hand-eye guy,
4: and Olivia's just starting.
2: Yeah. And she hits it straight.
4: But I mean, the, so the handicap the they love the game. And every time I go to your house, you got golf channel on. We're talking golf. Or There's a, a golf room downstairs. And you guys can all go out and have a game. What other sport can you do that? You can't go play tennis or shoot baskets or anything like that.
2: No, and I got to thank Adam Betts. He lets my kids go up there at Family Golf and Learning Center. They're pounding golf balls. And, they are
4: pounding golf balls. And, and, and Adam Betts, is, he's fantastic. We got to... We got to throw some love that 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 place that he's created. First of all, um, I, I can't wait to see what kind of year he had. I know he had another great year. I just can feel it every time I'm down there. The place is busting at the seams. He's got a great staff. He's got the gym. He's got the back nine bar and grill, the sims, the short game room that we have a blast in, the new tees. He gets, he brings in this. Crazy strand of 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 grass for for special teas. I mean, that's so Adam.
2: It is so it's, awesome. It's a cool place. He'll yeah. be our guest, by the way, as we mentioned earlier, coming up in the show. As always, we want to do some news and notes around golf, the PGA yeah. Tour. I did want to ask you about Bernard Longer. He is now uh, saying that twenty twenty four will be his last Masters. He has meant so much to the game of golf, and in particular. Uh, what he's done on the Champions Tour. has dominated, but he's meant a ton to the game of golf and probably doesn't get enough recognition for that.
4: No, you're 100% right. And every, absolutely everything you said, he has helped grow the game globally. He's one of the reasons why the Ryder Cup went from Great Britain and Ireland to all of Europe. Seve had something to do with that as well, and and uh, Olathebel. But, I mean, the guys won over 110 tournaments around the world, Forget how many millions and millions of dollars, and he couldn't be a better ambassador for the game. He's just, he's just fantastic. And did you see that stat about he's played with almost it's a just a tick under sixty percent of the all-time players. The total total players that have ever played in the Masters tournament. Yeah, almost sixty percent of them. That
2: is insane. The oldest. Masters champion passed away. Speaking of the Masters too, on Friday, Jackie Burke Jr. Did you know yeah, him? I didn't I know I did know him. He was he was
4: interesting, really interesting. Little cantankerous. One hell I'll tell you a couple of Jackie Burke stories. Scotty Cameron started making putters. And he was really proud of these putters he made. Scotty Cameron was a marketer. Okay. His putters are really, really good, but he was a marketer, and he was very specific and made them very customized. The tour championship is at the course that Jackie owned in Houston called Champions. And he said, came in there, it's very respectful, said, Mr. Burke, I got my putting studio set up over there. I would love to come have you step out whenever you have time to see the putters that I make. So Jackie sneaks over there one afternoon, steps in, spends 30 seconds and turns around and he's walking back. And somebody said, Scotty, out of the back, and says, Scotty, Mr. Burke, just you run to catches Mr. Burke, and he says, Jackie, did you get to see the putters that I make? He goes, son, you didn't make one of those putters. And he said, what do you mean? He goes, I've seen those putters for 45 years. Really? He goes, you just copied them. And he's it, talking about the style yeah, of the putters sure. and stuff. And, I, and and he just walked out. And it was Scotty was like, wow. And well, that I mean, was no, it. Yeah, and that, and that was it. And, and um, Jackie, Billy Ray Brown went to get Billy Ray Brown. We got to get Billy Ray on the show. He's a great friend. He's an analyst on the Golf Channel for the last 30 years. Won the NCAA National Tournament and a college tournament as a freshman in Houston. Okay. And won three tournaments on the PGA tour. And he said he's putting so poorly and he lives down in Sugarland in a suburb of Houston. And He sends up, gets an, um, a lesson with Jackie. And so he comes into the pro shop, very similar. Jackie, Jackie was on his own schedule. And he said, Mr. Burke, I'm here and I'm here all day. You just let me know. So Billy Ray said he was putting out there for hours and hours, he wasn't going to go to the bathroom. He wasn't going to break for lunch. He was going to make sure that whenever Jackie had, so whenever Mr. Burke had the time to come out. So Mr. Burke comes out. And Billy Ray's a big guy. Billy Ray's dad was an all-pro center for the Oakland Raiders, okay? And he watches Billy Ray hit four putts, and he goes right upside the head. Bam! Waps him. Slaps him straight across the head. And he says, What? And Jackie Burke says, stop doing that. <laughs> Couldn't he just say that? Billy Rayson, stop doing what? He goes, quit putting like that. And Billy Rachel says, what am I doing? And that's how the lesson started. Really? Yeah, he just went right upside the head. Just boom, right upside you the head. You don't
2: do that to my kids, I hope. No, hell. You just Looked yell the
4: at them. I the they put. I, they, I, there's no yelling. You just I yell. Am, I'm more You're a screamer. Yeah, I'm a screamer. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Oh, my gosh. It, so that's Jackie Burke. Um, I got to have lunch with him, and he, and, uh, The host of the lunch said, is there anything you'd like to ask Jackie? And I was thinking, I really wasn't prepared. But I said, yeah, Mr. Burke. every time I go to a PGA Tour caliber golf course, there's usually one, maybe two holes that just don't set up right to my eye. They don't look right. They're uncomfortable. Did that ever happen to you? And he said, son, how big is that fairway? And I said, I don't know, Mr. Burke. probably 30 yards wide. He said, how big is that golf ball? I said, a little more than an inch. He goes, and how many golf balls will fit in a 30 wide yard fairway? And I was like,
0: here "Uh, we go. That's not
4: helping me. (laughs) That didn't help me. (laughs) No.
2: Let's go back to lunch. That didn't help me. Isn't it funny though, if you think about it in those terms, how wide the fairway is and this little tiny golf ball and you can't put it in the fairway. It does make some sense, Don't doesn't you think it? Think I thought of that. Like I know, have. Yeah, I've never I'm like, thought of it. What's wrong terms? with you? You know, <laughs> you can
4: put a ball, Danny, and I think three golf balls will go in the hole at the same time. Is that right? Yeah, front, center, and uh, sure, you know, uh, uh, middle and, and both right, and left sides. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then how about the days when we're putting and it looks like we're putting a beach ball into a thimble? You know, it's that tough. thing's just gonna li- it's gonna come really close. It's gonna just come close enough to break your heart.
2: Didn't longer win the Masters putting with the yips?
4: Yes, he was putting, Danny. With the arm lock. He yeah, had his that's left arm down the shaft, his right arm glued in with the shaft in between his right um, palm stuck to his left wrist. Try putting like that. There is no feel whatsoever. Now, and he won the Masters putting like that.
2: Essentially, he's got the belly putter now.
4: Have you seen the wave in his putting stroke. Yes. It would make a cup of coffee nervous. Yes. Danny, that thing goes inside, outside, and he still makes putts.
2: Yes, he's still so much fun to watch. Yeah. We saw him at Norwood this past year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Yep. Uh New lead analyst, at least for the time being, Brandel Chamblee. Now, if you didn't like Johnny Miller, or at least he made you think, this guy's going to make you think, and he's going to have <laughs> no fear about what he says in talking about Chambly.
4: I text Brandel Friday morning, and I said – Hey man, I can't wait to hear. I, I know I don't know if you want this gig. I don't know how excited you are. I'm really excited to listen to you. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm just going to have fun with it and see what happens with it." So, he, you know, he, he's he's a voracious reader. He'll he's going to be uberly prepared and have all sorts of information, whether or not it's going to translate, Danny as. The right kind of analyst? I don't know, because you need a blend of a little bit of humor. You need to you need to know how, how to do it. It'll be interesting.
2: It will be interesting. Yeah. We need to run to our first break. We uh, mentioned that Adam Betts will be our guest, yep. as well as Lou Stagner. You can follow Lou. Amazing stats that he puts on Twitter, now X. But Lou Stagner is on uh, that to give you ideas of the analytics of golf. Before we do all that, though, let's tip our cap. And I know you're talking about the Missouri Athletic Club. Danny, my MAC
4: you got me involved in the MAC. Rodney, Chip, the new general manager, that entire staff over there is absolutely fantastic. One of the things about the MAC is you've got the downtown club, you've got the West uh, West County Club that is so close to our homes. How many days a week do we either have a breakfast meeting or a lunch meeting in there?
2: Minimum three.
4: And how many times do we see Everybody. We saw Jason Rantham with People's Net, uh, with People's Bank. We saw. Uh, I mean, we saw Mark Milton, who's soon to come on the show. He's going to be our tax guy. And it goes on and on and on. And there's always some community member over there. I was blown away at how big that thing
2: is. And the tennis and the golf aspect of it. You yep. probably you didn't know all about the golf and the reciprocal, so to speak, that I they offer.
4: Right. You joined the MAC and you're going to get to go out and play at Glen Echo. You're going to get to play at um, Dalhousie. Yep. You're going to get to Dalhousie. How great is that experience? Fantastic to be able to have Dalhousie. So these are all associated with the Missouri Bluffs. The food over there is fantastic. We always hit the afternoon buffet, and that's interesting. The, 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 always a cool variety of food. We always sneak out with a couple of cookies in our pocket sure on do. the way out of there. And But the MAC is just a huge part of St. Louis. This is a version of the tip of the cap. It's brought to you by the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood and our buddy Colin Burt at 314-966-0303. Any sort of vehicle. Guys, Colin is the best. He'll find it for you if you have something in mind or he's got a bunch on the lot. You can always reach me, Jay, at jaydelsongolf.com, and I'll personally introduce you to Colin. He'll take great care of you.
2: We're going to have some of those emails Jay at jdelsongollf.com. Also our guests coming up, Adam Betts, Lou Stagner, and we'll talk about more news and notes around the game of golf as we continue on this Sunday morning on 101 ESPN presented by Darty Business Solutions.
4: Darty Business Solutions has been enhancing the business of our customers for the last 37 years. How do we do it? Through our expertise in technology, better use of data and analytics, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. We roll up our sleeves and collaborate. We build applications and effectively communicate with our partner clients to bring their goals and objectives to the finish line. Our award-winning Access Point program is a community game changer. With nearly 100 students in the program, mostly young African American females are making between 55 and $60,000 per year right out of high school. That's right 55 to sixty thousand dollars a year right after high school graduation. That's when they begin their training. CEO Ron Darty believes the talent is equally distributed but access to that opportunity is not. So here's access point providing more and more opportunity for those in and around our community. It's Darty Business Solutions.
2: Get ready to watch the legends of golf up close when they compete at historic Norwood Hills Country Club right here in St. Louis. The Ascension Charity Classic will be back again with some of golf's greatest names. Steve Stricker, Podrick Harrington, John Daly, David Duvall, Bernard Longer, Justin Leonard, David Toms, and more will compete returning September 3rd through the 8th. Visit AscensionCharityClassic.com for information.
4: Are you driving an out-of-warranty car? It's only a matter of time before your out-of-warranty vehicle is in the shop costing you thousands of dollars. Auto repair costs are up nearly 20% from last year, which is four times the rate of inflation. If an unexpected breakdown happened today, would you be ready for that? Well, now you can be with a plan through CarShield. Even if your car is just over three years old, it's still prone to expensive costs. Your car is more than just getting you from point A to point B. Traveling by car is a way of life. From picking up your kids to going to a new restaurant, cars are a daily essential. When you enroll in a car protection plan through CarShield, you can look forward to the following. The price will never go up no matter how many claims you file or no matter how high the mileage on your car increases. CarShield offers protection plans that start as low as $100 per month. That's $100 per month. They have repair coverage for up to 5,000 different parts of your vehicle. Plus, when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road, you get 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance. You also get complimentary towing and rental car options. CarShield has my back when my car breaks down and they can have yours too call car shield today at 800-465-6550 or visit carshield.com it's car shield proud sponsor of the golf with jay delsing show
2: hi this is peter jacobson and you're listening to
3: golf with jay delsing
4: I'm delighted to welcome the Amateur Players Tour to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. The APT team has worked so hard to establish a national golf tour for amateurs. Folks, don't miss out on this opportunity. If you love golf and ever wondered what all the fuss about tournament golf is, then this tour is for you. We just released the 2024 schedule and it is a beast. There's 21 events, Currently in the Metropolitan St. Louis area with many more to come. But check out these golf courses. Payne's Valley, Ozark National, Stone Wolf, Ambrier, Persimmon Woods, Gateway National, and a 36-hole event on Norwood's West Course, and many more. Okay, so the courses are certainly cool and nice, but what's really neat is the way the events are run and how they are run. The APT team does a fantastic job of closely monitoring handicaps, and ensuring a good and fair competition. There are five divisions, a year long points competition, major championships, elevated events and much much more. Right now there are over 6000 members in 41 different local chapters across the country. And all that's happened in just over five years. Join now and don't miss out on the best tournament golf in the country. Run for amateurs by amateurs themselves. Go to amateurplayerstour.com. That's amateurplayerstour.com.
2: This is Chris Nagel. And you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. golf with Jay Delsing on a Sunday morning on 101 ESPN that's Jay Delsing I'm Dan McLaughlin and we're coming to you from the Car Shield Studios and as always presented by Darty Business Solutions and as always at least once a month we like to visit with Adam Betts from Family Golf and Learning Center, and I hope that uh, this past week you were staying warm and at least being able to talk a little golf.
1: Yeah, we're trying to stay warm down at Family Golf and Learning Center. It's hard to do so on the driving range right Ooh. now with it being so cold, but uh, man.
4: Can this... Adam, can you say sim leagues? Yeah. <laughs> this is
1: the only, I mean, simulators. Is... Family Golf and Learning Center. Come on down. That's that's all I'm doing to that's... help my game out this Get time. Get your of year.
4: golf on inside, folks. This is insane. I mean, we looked at each other when we started the show like, why are we living here again? <laughs>
2: right, exactly. <laughs> is it busy at your place, even when the times are like this and it's so cold. And this past week, we we're single digits, so it's been brutal.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not great. I mean, you see your diehards, all your high school boys that are gonna, you know, prep for their season coming up. They're uh, they're out on the driving range no matter what the temperature is, and it's wild. And I can remember those days for me being in those in those shoes. But uh, we do have the simulator leagues going on. We've got the simulators rentable throughout the day uh, before league. Um, and uh, yeah, they're busy as can be. Our indoor scoring lab uh, that Triad Bank sponsors is a great way to practice your short game and, and get some hits inside uh, in the net that we have over there. So we have the options when the weather gets cold, and, yeah, we're staying busy uh, in our own right. It's kind of crazy when the weather goes bad or it gets cold. You know, the driving range kind of slows down, but the indoor activity is ramps up so you know we've got the solution for the cold weather that's for sure
4: that's the beauty of what you're doing at family golf right adam i mean you've got something for all four seasons and talk a little bit about the sim leagues and people may not know what they're about because there's two guys in this room that are looking to hit something here
1: yeah so we're uh we're In our second week of our six-week sim league, um, and it's four-person teams, we have a different format each week where it could either be a a scramble or a four-man best ball, or sometimes we split uh, the four-man teams into two-man scramble teams and play a best ball that way. So we have all of these fun different – Formats And we're always playing a different course. We give out weekly prizes and end-of-year prizes. Uh, this year we have Neutral as our sponsor for uh, the Sim League that's going on right now. Um, and so you can't sign up for the one that's uh, currently going on, but we do have one coming up mid-February. So if you're looking for an activity uh, mid-February going into March, our six-week Sim League is a, is a great opportunity for you to uh, come down and get involved.
2: Do you find that golfers right now are more interested in trying to get in golf shape, in whatever golf shape that may be, I guess stretching, core, your back that kind of thing, but are you finding that people are saying, get me in better shape for golf?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Zach Cutler upstairs in our gym is doing a, a great, great job. Yeah. yeah, he's unbelievable. Uh, he does these assessments for your body that are somewhat, you know, associated with TPI but also the FMSA screening, and uh, he does a great job with just assessing how your body's moving. You know, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? You know, where's your mobility at in certain areas? And he'll pinpoint exactly what type of training regimen you need to be on, um, and, and he performs those training regiments with you upstairs at Family Golf and Learning Center. So, yeah, without a doubt, this is the time of year where you see that kind of ramp up. We'd love to see golfers stay engaged with that throughout the year. Um, You know, it helps with playing pain-free. It helps with the longevity of your body being able to play and perform uh, at its peak level. And, um, you know, we'd love to see people do it. Throughout the year, but without a doubt, this time of year is when people really start to, uh, you know, hone in on that. Zach's on so that, a good player, too, yeah, he's right? A great I mean, he's player. a really good player. Yeah, he so played he, in the USAM, I think, I know. in 2000. 12 I I'm, I'm going to get the date wrong but uh yeah he's a great player uh has played at a high level played at Vanderbilt right. um and uh oh sorry Valparaiso exactly yeah, yeah, at yeah, Valparaiso right. yeah, yeah. a little different yeah, than Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt yeah I knew it started with a B though <laughs> yeah, that's
4: okay hey that's uh, that's close on our show that's yeah. as long as you get the the starting letter right but what's what I the reason I pointed that out too Adam is that it helps for you to go to a guy who's looking at your body from an overall golf perspective it's not that the other Kairos and all that aren't good but when you're trying when you want to play better golf and you want to do something for your body. It helps a lot to have somebody like Zach. Yeah, understand. I mean,
1: he's an expert on how the body moves and uh, you know how how the how the muscles work in the golf swing. So you know you can't you can't find a better guy than Zach Cutler um, to kind of assess your body, tell you how it's working, set you up with a training regimen to get your body moving properly and, and most efficiently. So you're around simulators all the time. How accurate are these simulators? Yeah, they're a great ball striking tool. Uh, they're super accurate when it comes to ball striking. It's very humbling a lot of times with the driver because. <laughs> You know, you think you hit the driver 280 off the tee, and then you see it's landing at 260, and you're like, man, I, I thought or I hit it further. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, sometimes it's humbling, but, uh, you know, it is a, is a great tool that uh, provides some great feedback. You know, when we play the simulator leagues, we're actually playing golf courses. But the cool thing about the TrackMan simulators are that you have so many different options. You can... You can do target practice. You can do shot analysis where you're getting all the data points each time you hit a shot. And those points go back to your TrackMan app. So when you get home, your entire session is on your app, and you get to travel with that no matter where you are. You can kind of look at your feedback, look at your numbers. And, uh, you know, if you're practicing outside of a simulator or outside the use of TrackMan, you have all that information to go on. So it's a, it's an incredible tool that can be used in several different ways, whether it's having fun with your buddies in a league, or you're just honing your game or honing your, you know, your club path, your club face, you know, whatever issue you might be having, um, And this time of year, I always tell people, this is a time of year where in St. Louis, you can make a swing change and you can really work hard on something that you might not be comfortable changing when you're playing competitively or you're playing a lot of golf. Um, So uh, yeah, the simulators down at Family Golf and Learning Center are a great tool.
2: Is that where you do most of your lessons with a sim in in this type of weather?
1: Yeah, this type of weather, we do a lot of lessons in the simulators, a lot of lessons in the scoring lab uh, with chipping and putting, as well as hitting into the net. Um, You know, the sims get really busy, so it's like we're all fighting for time i mean um you know looking back on it it would have been great to uh create a place that had more sims and had the ability to allow all 10 of our instructors to teach at the same time but um at times it's it's high volume and uh and not enough room for everybody but we uh we love providing you know the golfing community and our instructors the opportunity to teach inside without it out
4: Adam, all that data, so I want to make sure the listeners understand that. So if you're really wanting to get better, that data holds a lot of information. You don't have to turn into some data geek, And, and but <clears throat> your GPS doesn't work if you don't know where you start. Correct. I can't get to your Correct. pad if I don't know where, I'm, where I am currently. And so if you go in there and start looking at your data and go, oh, wow, last month I was here and you can see some progression I mean, especially if you tie that in with what Zach's helping with your body. I mean, that's how you really can see some progress.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a a great place to gain a baseline and gain an understanding of, hey, you know what, my ball curves this way, and here's the exact reason why. Um, You know, it has to do with your club path and your club face most of the time. And so if you come into Family Golf and Learning Center, we could set up the sim to where you're looking at club face and club path, and you can gain an understanding of that real simply and real easily. And then from there, you can kind of understand the reason the ball flies the way it does. And so it can become a baseline and say, hey, you know what, I'm cutting across at six degrees. All right. Well, my goal in the next month is to get it down to three. Yeah, you know. And I'm always telling my students and people that we see on the sims, if you're somewhere between minus three and plus three on your club path, you're you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Are you
2: finding more younger kids are playing even in the winter months?
1: Yeah, I do. I see a lot of uh, younger kids coming. I see a lot of younger kids coming up with dad and spending time on the on the simulators. Uh, Grandpa's bringing out the grandkids. You know, there is a a fun you know youth kind of involved uh, program on the simulators and those are kind of all the games Um, and they're fun, they're interactive. They are, you know, Gaining this like newfound interest in golf just through like the technological fun gaming that can be done on the simulators too, so you can bring in the young kiddo that is just starting, and that kid can have a blast down on the TrackMan simulators.
4: You know, Adam, uh, shifting gears just a little bit, it's the dead of winter, and people are like, man, you guys are going to be talking golf, but I know you've got a lot going on. You're you're heavily involved with the section, and Allie and her team do a great job. Talk a little bit about that and some of the collaborations that you guys are doing at Family. Yeah, golf.
1: So the Gateway PGA is obviously the association that all of us PGA professionals are a part of, um, and I was lucky enough to be voted in as secretary of the Gateway PGA um, last year. So I'm in the midst of my first year serving as an officer, which means I serve on the board of directors. Um, I'm seeing how the PGA Reach Foundation works. Have you done that before, um, Adam? No, right. I never That's have.
4: super cool. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I'm getting involved. I'm starting to learn really what the PGA of America nationally does for all of the sections throughout the country and all the golf professionals, all the programs they provide us to help us become successful and bring golf to so many people in our communities. So if you're the secretary, describe
2: uh, your duties and what you're doing. And by the way, our guest is Adam Betts from Family Golf and Learning Center.
4: And our buddy Nathan, sorry to interrupt uh, Adam, but our buddy Nathan Carnes, we had on the show about a month ago, he's the national secretary so it'll be cool yeah so
1: i'm serving congruently with him in terms of he's secretary nationally and i'm secretary of the gateway section so as i go through my second year in my second year i will then become vice president of the gateway section at the same time nathan carnes will become the vice president of the pga national um association so um you know, and we'll be president of, I'll be president of the section. He'll be president nationally at the same time. So it's kind of neat to uh, run and be a part of this whole thing congruently with him um, because we're getting a lot more insight nationally just because he is at that national level and, and in doing that day in day out. Um, I think very highly of Nathan. He's doing a great job. We're all so proud of him. um, And it's really been fun for me kind of just learning. I mean, this is my first year, so I'm kind of just, you know, riding the coattails, kind of seeing how things are done, learning as much as I can, gaining as much information, understanding as I can. Um and it's been really a lot of fun seeing how much the association does for the game of golf in all of these communities, not only in St. Louis and in the gateway section, but throughout the entire country. So I mean, what are, are your incredible. duties? What do you do? So for me, I am technically head of membership matters. Um and so I'm kind of looking at you know anybody that's coming into the association. Um I'm I'm looking at membership numbers, um any sort of of membership dealings that uh, need to be addressed. You know, that's kind of, uh, you know, membership dealings is really what I'm doing.
4: Adam, so this is really interesting. And Nathan was talking about this and Danny and I had this conversation back when the June 6th thing came down and, and all of a sudden the PGA tour commissioner does this about face and says, now we've got this framework agreement and everything. The PGA of America took a beating over this because the average person doesn't understand the difference between the PGA tour and the PGA of America. And so you guys, the, and and I'm a fortunate enough to be a life member of both and extremely proud of both sides of it, starting off as a caddy and working in the, you know, back at Norwood. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys, what, what you guys are doing because the PGA tour, Yeah, they're growing the game by the television and everything, but for the most part, it's playing. You know, and you guys do everything else under the sun.
1: Yeah, I like to look at it simply as the PGA Tour is the association that's providing the PGA Tour players as an avenue to play their tournaments, right? They're they're running the tournaments week in and week out, um, and uh, and they're there for the PGA Tour player. Um, The PGA of America is the association that the PGA – professionals the industry leaders those that run the golf shops that you frequent or the golf facilities that you frequent those are your pga professionals and so we're the ones we're the boots on the ground we're the ones that are warriors yeah the warriors the day in and day out at the golf facilities that are bringing golf to those people that are frequenting those facilities so you you
2: mentioned memberships as part of your role as secretary how are memberships across the board here locally metro area that kind of thing
1: yeah so we're looking good um, in terms of uh, membership and and the numbers that we're seeing nationally are growing. Um, I think that has to do with just the huge boost of interest in the game of golf throughout COVID and uh, in 2019, 2020, you know, so many more people were playing golf. And so, so many more people gain an interest in, in, starting a career in the game. Um, and so those numbers are all increased uh, throughout, throughout our association and throughout the association nationally. So that's, that's encouraging. Um, you know, it's interesting because you start to think about, You know, as PGA professionals are getting older and retiring out of some of these roles, well, we need to be prepared as an association, as a section with uh, people that are ready um, and equipped to take over these jobs, these head professional jobs, these general manager jobs um, and all these higher level uh, jobs at these facilities.
4: Yeah, it's 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 man, it's so interesting, Adam. I, I look back and think. When you started, when you took over Family Golf and Learning Center and we get a global pandemic, I I thought of you so many times because I'm like, man, this guy's got to be having sleepless nights because you totally transformed this property in probably the scariest time to be investing in anything. Yeah,
1: it was a wild time, you know, for everybody. Um let alone a guy that's starting a business in golf where you're not allowed to play golf. You know, we were building the new building throughout COVID and we kind of got lucky, honestly, um because golf was one of the only activities you could do. You know, we set up a scenario where you didn't have to go inside to get your golf balls and you were never inside or in contact with anybody directly uh to come out and enjoy a bucket of balls or play the par 3 course. So, during that time, the building was being built. Um, Um, And that was kind of a wow factor for people that were showing up to, you know, have their daily activity outdoors, um, you know, in in golf. And they're seeing this new big building being built. And they're like, whoa, what is going on there? So there was an excitement building. And, you know, as much as in the beginning it was scary, it actually ended up being a blessing that we were – under construction during a time where the the game was growing and people were flooding to and the you couldn't facility be inside and you couldn't be inside <laughs> um, and you know the building wasn't built so you couldn't go inside um, so there was this there was this excitement um, and meanwhile the game is growing to new levels that we weren't even expecting to see um, and so it, it couldn't have worked out better timing wise when at, at the beginning it was a little scary so you can't be part of the sim
2: leagues right now. There's a going on, so you can't join that one, but there's Correct. more coming up.
1: Yeah, there's another one coming up here. Uh, starts the middle of February. You can go on our website, www.familygolfonline.com. You can look at the dates. You can see the pricing. You can register online. Um, you get your four guys, or you and three others, and uh, you sign up, and uh, you can pick what day, what time. We've got several different time slots and days to do that. So uh, it's a great way to stay active, you know, getting the buddies together once a week and and swinging the club and coming out, of this winter and the next season better than you ever thought. I know it
4: sounds crazy, but Adam, I mean, we grew up here playing high school golf. We're not more than five or six weeks away from yeah. high school boys' tryouts, which is insane to think. But what what about the high school activity? I know you're seeing a ton of that down there. And then also your junior league things, uh, because you guys are kind of the uh, – our regional leader in in numbers and what you guys are doing for the yeah, PGA Junior. Yeah, we, we
1: love what we're doing for junior golf in our community. Um, our junior our PGA Junior League has grown to uh, becoming one of the top 10 programs in the country. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, and so we have an in-house league that, uh, that starts, well we do one in the spring is what we're going to start with. Um, we do it throughout the summer, in the fall. We even have junior sim leagues going on right now. Um, and so not only can you and, uh, you know, your friends come out, but get the kids involved with Junior Sim League. Uh, we do that two times a week, and there's another session coming up that uh, you can check out online as well. But, you know, the high school season is about to start. It <laughs> uh, so crazy. It doesn't seem like it no. because it's so cold outside. But uh, Jay and I, we were talking about, you know, having tryouts into February, and, and it's not
2: crazy, though. I mean, why is high school golf playing the boys playing in the Can't spring? Can't figure it out, dude. Yeah, you? I, I, I wish it was that. the no. other way around. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I look at the weather pattern patterns like it seems like it's staying colder later Yes, past you know no into March you know and and that was never really the case back when we were younger it seems like it's warmer longer in the fall yep. and colder longer into the spring and October's um, so, our best
4: month I think can probably be, yeah. I mean can it be sure can be our best month for golf
1: yeah but you know we love to be the facility that's available for high school golfers to prep and get ready uh, we have a lot of partnerships with a lot of high schools so we'll see a lot of the boys come out one the season starts. But before then, we encourage all the golfers to come out, hit the range, uh, grab a simulator, um, start to work on your game and get ready because uh, the end of February is going to be here before you know it. We've got plenty of students, or excuse me, plenty of teachers that can um, help you kind of uh, look at your swing, get you ready and and geared up for uh, the upcoming trials.
4: Adam, last time we had you in, we were talking a little bit about um, some of the awards. There were a, a bunch of different um, categories that you guys were representing, and we briefly talked about that, but I know uh, Blake had a phenomenal year. You also got t- talked a little bit about the hardware that you guys took home.
1: Yeah, so uh, being honored with some, uh, you know, Gateway PGA awards and awards that are voted on amongst your peers is uh, quite the honor. Um, you know, Blake Charmatero, uh, you know, took the cake. He took home three awards that had to do with player development and teaching and coaching. He was the the teacher and coach of the year. He was the player of an, player development uh, award winner as well as the youth player development award winner. So uh, Blake and his team are are doing great things down at Family Golf and Learning Center when it comes to player development when it it comes to junior golf we do have uh, some new and exciting news for our junior golf program this year Um, we are introducing Operations 36 which is an on course skill based um, program that is technology based as well so the parents get involved with the app they get to see exactly what our curriculum is each day they get to see what skills the kids are learning, what activities they're going to be engaged in that day. And then we have what what are called the play days. And those play days are designed to kind of test the kids. We start at 25 yards. We teach the kid to, or we have the kid go out and try to shoot 36 for nine holes, which is, if you can do the math, a par four for every hole. They start at 25 yards, and once they reach a 36-hole total for our 36 stroke total for nine holes, then we move them back to 50 yards. And then after they get 36 from 50 yards, we move them back. And so we're constantly testing these kiddos to kind of see what type of progression their game is is uh, experiencing through uh, the junior golf programs, clinics, and all the help our instructors are giving them.
4: What a great way, too, because you find out who the competitive kids are because they're going to want to be getting that 36 100%. and moving back and, and, and judging themselves. And uh, that's phenomenal. Well, and
1: they'll see a couple of their buddies, you know, elevate, past them, and they're going to be motivated to get to that level or beyond, and so it's kind of a self-motivating way to get these kids uh, you know, pumped up to come out and play the golf course. It's a program where we're not just teaching how to swing the club and grip the club and the stance and the posture and all those fundamentals that are very important to teach at the beginning stages, but we're taking them out on the golf course immediately, and I think that's a huge deal. How old are they when they start doing that? Uh, Well, anywhere anywhere uh, four or five years old is wow, usually wow, the youngest cool. yeah. we've ever seen. Now, you know, there's not very many four- and five-year-olds that are ready to start in programming, uh, you know, attention span-wise, but sometimes there are. Um, I would say, you know, ages six, seven, eight are a great time to introduce golf to your kiddos and uh, a perfect age to start in our programming. We're going to do um, our junior golf connected with Operations 36 uh, four sessions per month for our first two levels. So fundamentals will be kind of, you know, the very first, you know, introduction to golf for those kids that have never played or never touched a club or maybe don't have clubs. Um, And then we level them up to our, our second level, which is learn to play. And we get those kids that, you know, are starting, maybe they've played before. They've got a set of clubs. They've hit the driving range or, you know, played nine holes with grandma or grandpa. You know, so those kids can start in our level two. And then we'll have these eight-week programs that are our operations 36 programs. And that'll take them through a rigorous, you know, very much skill-based type of curriculum that'll take them through um, several different play days as well as several different clinics. So we'll have a lot of offerings for our juniors this year.
2: So we mentioned the high school kids are firing up. Are you finding, though, that the age is dropping in terms of kids that want to play golf and the numbers are up, let's say, pre-high school kids?
1: Yeah, I think just just because of the boost in 1920, like there's so many more kids that were playing at a younger age at that point to where now the kids that are coming up, and freshmen in high school, we have more of them. We've got more kids trying out. We've got more people engaged in golf. And, and a lot of those people were getting engaged at a much younger age than maybe before. So, yeah, I would say the numbers are growing um, in terms of the junior youth golfers in our town. And um, it's a good thing to see. Best way to get a hold of you or a teacher or find out about family golf? Yeah, everything is online from our teachers, our coaches, our programs, our junior golf programs, our simulator leagues. You can sign up for a simulator, you know, for an hour tomorrow online. Um, That's done at WWW dot family dot com and we have any and all of our information we encourage people to come down and check out the facility too uh, we're a really uh, open inviting environment uh, we're real friendly coming to the golf shop grab a flyer get some questions get answered. some merch how about yeah, your hat we you could, got that great we logo right. we could do a hat we could do that yeah. logo yeah. Yeah, thank you very much we uh, we love our logo we love our headwear so you can come down and get some merchandise and just get some answers about what we're doing we're trying to uh, you know be there for the golfing community and, and for all those families that want to introduce their kids to golf we've got a place for you. You've certainly done that. Thanks again for coming in. Yeah, it's always good to be with you guys. Thanks again. Thanks, Adam. Adam.
2: That's from Family Golf and Learning Center, and this is brought to you by Darty Business Solutions.
4: Powers Insurance and Risk Management is a family-owned local business that's been helping our community for over 200 years. In the always confusing world of insurance, Powers Insurance provides clarity, exceptional service, and the latest in cutting edge products to deliver the highest quality in property and casualty coverage, as well as strategic planning consultation services. Powers Insurance and Risk Management will partner with you. That's right, partner with you to customize the right coverage for you and your family. Tim Davis, the Chief Operations Officer, will personally sit down and talk you through the ins and outs of your policies. They are experts at helping you control your workplace expenses and helping to guarantee the safety of you and your employees and their needs. You can visit them at powersinsurance.com. That's powersinsurance.com for all of your insurance
3: needs. Hey, St. Louis, Eddie McVeigh here from Maggie O'Brien's. When you head downtown for a concert or cards or blues game, and now for the St. Louis City soccer game, please come see us at Maggie O'Brien's before and after your event. Take our shuttle to and from or stay in-house and watch your favorite team on our multiple high-def TVs. We look forward to seeing you soon at one of our two locations in Sunset Hills on South Lindbergh or downtown at the corner of Market and 20th Street. Union Station is next to us.
4: If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, any maker model, then you need to visit the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. They are the official vehicle provider of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. My daughter and I both drive vehicles supplied by Colin and the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. And the reason we have them is because we know we can trust them. They made the car buying experience painless and very easy. Their customer service is second to none. They provided my daughter with a loaner car when her Passat needed repairs. Every single step of the car buying experience was taken care of for us. You can reach Colin at 314-966-0303 and he will answer all of your questions and put your mind at ease. The Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood has new or pre-owned vehicles to be purchased or leased, whichever you prefer. Once you visit the Dean Team Volkswagen on Manchester and Kirkwood, you'll become a customer for life because they'll treat you like family. The Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood, the official vehicle provider of the Golf with Jay Delsing show.
1: This is Adam Betts from Family Golf and Learning Center located in Kirkwood. Our motto is play your best golf. We have the best instruction for every skill level. Two female instructors along with our eight PGA instructors. We're there for the kids and the adults who are starting to play and trying to refine their game. Family Golf and Learning Center features a double-decker driving range, grass tees, and a short game area, along with indoor simulators and a performance center. That's not all, don't forget about our Back Nine Bar & Grill. Find out how we can help you and your family. Head to FamilyGolfOnline.com. That's FamilyGolfOnline.com. It's Family Golf and Learning Center, where we make St. Louis better at golf.
4: Do you remember the golden rule? I'm sure you do, but just in case, it goes like this. Treat people the way that you'd like to be treated. At People's National Bank, that one statement is the cornerstone of what this bank is all about. Locally owned with 23 locations in Southern Illinois and the metropolitan St. Louis area, People's National Bank parlays a robust menu of commercial or personal banking services you could possibly need with a friendly yet hardworking Midwestern attitude. Maybe you just wanna do business with a bank whose entire team lives in the same neighborhoods as we do. If you're like me and doing business with someone you trust is important to you, then People's National Bank is the bank for you. Jason Rantham, local president, is here for you to call and he'll answer any questions you may have. His personal cell is 314-974-2243. You can also find us online at peoplesnationalbank.com. People's National Bank is here for all of your banking needs.
2: with Jay Delsing rolls on this Sunday morning on 101 ESPN. Coming up a little later in the show, Lou Stagner. If you follow golf, you're going to want to visit uh, here, our visit with Lou Stagner talking about the analytics of golf and how to become a little better player by looking at some of the numbers, different things that you do on the golf course. We just had Adam Betts on. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. And again, Adam, despite the weather, has things rolling over at Family Golf and he's Learning the, Center. He,
4: he's just the best. And it's it's, it's so cool, not only for the, for the St. Louis area that gets the big benefit, but there's nothing like this in the Midwest. I, I'd say probably five states. It's amazing, and here's the other thing. I'm throwing out there, and I know he, um, I don't know if this will work for Adam or not, but he's the perfect sort of guy to do to Secretary. follow to follow Nathan Carnes yeah. and go do this PG because he's got playing experience, Danny, as a as a really good player. He's a businessman. He's part of the system. Now he's the, he's the local secretary for our gateway section. He's just, you know, he's got a great head on his shoulders and he's seen all aspects of the game and you, who loves the game more than Adam?
2: Now, if you're nobody, if you're involved in the game of golf, you know about the gateway section. If yeah. you're someone just learning or just tuning in, you're like, well, what does Jay talking about the gateway section? What, what are you talking about? Define who that is and what they are.
4: The gateway section is Allie Wells is the head of our section. And she's got a team of probably, oh, I don't know it probably varies between winter and summer months, but probably in another six or eight people that are her staff. And they are the governing body, so to speak of all of the club professionals in our area. The, 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 the studs that we love so much, Mike Tucker at Bell Reef, Joe Schwent out at Joe's, Joe's the best, just got in, inducted in the uh, gateway hall of fame and w- w- way overdue and well deserved. And, um, and Adam Betts is part of that and Family Golf and Learning Center. So you're part of the PGA of America. You are part of the section. And there's over 30,000 members across the country. And I don't know the exact number here in St. Louis, but I think it's over 2,000 uh, now. And Allie basically runs everything for them. You know, there's a retirement program. There's health. There's all sorts of different layers within that um Um, within that that job description of hers. And there's tournaments that go on that are sponsored by the Gateway. There's tournaments for the members on Mondays and Tuesdays that I'm extremely bullish on, and I I, I hope to be able to help Allie raise some awareness for these events so that our great pros that are the warriors out there making golf great for us have some good tournaments to play in. Danny, they've raised – Money. They they do. They just they're they're involved in everything golf. That's what they do.
2: I love what they've done with our wounded warriors that come home. Yeah, and golf has made a difference in so many lives of those that want to maybe had no idea about the game of golf, but it got them out of their house. It got them on a golf course. It got them camaraderie, yep. and then all of a sudden they fell in love with the game.
4: That's that's called PGA Hope, and now there's also the foundational arm that's called PGA Reach. And Ozzie Smith, a great Ozzy Smith, the, we are the benefactors of having Ozzie be the president of, of PGA Reach here locally and just done a great job. And PGA Reach is a national organization now, but it started right here. And Ozzie was at, had a huge hand in that and so did Allie and the whole Gateway section. And and I agree with you, Danny, The the stuff that David Faraday has done for the heroes that come back, um, it's it's using the game but not not getting them necessarily involved in the game specifically, but this PGA Hope is getting them involved in the game getting them out there, hitting some balls, getting them introduced to the game, and they just love it, and it makes it's saving lives. So It really is.
2: Our thanks to Adam Betts and what he does for the Gateway section. Mention that we go through some of the news and notes, and we'll have emails and answers and questions later in the show. Lou Stagner is coming up as well. One of the things I I did want to get into is Rory McIlroy, who was the face of those that fight live, is not – doing that as much anymore, and he's talking about the globalization of the game, like a world tour that eventually may take events out of the United States and put them at various places across the world. When you heard some of this stuff and some of the ideas for that, what was your initial reaction?
4: I'm skeptical. I know this is where this is going. You and I have been talking about this off air for months and months, and I'm like, they're going to have some sort of global tour that's played outside more outside of the US. And I don't know what that does to the PGA tour. Is it going to be under the PGA tour umbrella of companies? And and, and I'm assuming it would be. But what does that mean for the John Deere classic, which is one of my favorite tournaments that's held in, in the, the Quad Cities area or
2: I didn't pick one, Danny. I mean, well, you brought up a good one. Sometimes these sponsors in this type of forum are saying, "You know what? I don't want to be a part of it. It's not what it was. It's not what we signed up for." And right. I think we're going to see more of that as we move down the stretch here.
4: Oh, you're 100% right. I don't I don't think there's any question and my biggest concern here is what is this what is this going to do? This is all going to be new. And I'm fine with change as long as we can still keep the pertinent records. And things like that, meaningful. I mean, what Jack and Arnold and and Tiger Woods even did. I mean, they need to stay relevant. And how they go, how are they going to do that? And how are they going to be respectful for the 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 folks that came before us in the game? That's that's one of my biggest concerns. And then our partnerships. What are those going to look like, Danny? I don't know. I'm. I'll just be honest. I'm extremely anxious about it. I don't. I don't love the whole concept. I need to know what the details look like.
2: I wonder if they need to, if there's like a deadline of, say, the Masters before the Masters and say, okay, here's where we're going. We partner with Live. We have a world tour. Here's how you qualify. This is what you do. I would think that that's got to be done before the Masters. You can th- play these games, or you can play these events in Hawaii and some of these other places that are the low-tier events, but once you get to that big one and the golf world and sports world is watching, that's when you need to have some answers. I
4: think you're right. I think you're right. I think if... if Listening to Keith Pelly, who was the f- he still is the current head of the DP World Tour. He's taking a new job and going to work for Maple Leaf Sports, I believe, up in Toronto. He's a Canadian man. He said he's going to stay on through April because he believes this thing can get done by then. Danny, the magnitude of this is beyond me. I mean, just trying to evaluate what the PGA Tour is worth. How do you? How do you even come close to doing that?
2: And also trying to figure out what do we pay the players that said no to live? Because you know those players are going to come full circle and say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to get away with this. You're not going to pay Phil and DJ and Kepka these inordinate amounts of money when I said I'm staying and I bypassed that money. You're going to have to make good on that.
4: And I I don't know how I feel about that, but you're 100% right. It's almost like you and I being rewarded for paying our mortgage. It's like in my mind, the PGA Tour is a privilege. You know, obviously, things have changed a great deal. You're right. There's a thing called the Equalization Fund. There's all sorts of different squirrely names for it, but I heard last number I heard was $2 billion. But, Danny, think about this just paying Rory and Tiger? That's huh. a billion.
2: Easily. Right, Easily. I mean,
4: so two billion's not going to sniff. And wh- what does it all look like when you're trying to evaluate the PGA Tour? I mean,
2: and how do you get into these events too? I don't know. Well, right. What's, the, what's the
4: criteria? Because look, the world golf rankings are irrelevant when it comes to a world tour because DJ's four hundredth and Bryson DC exactly. and Bo's down there, and P. Reed is off the reservation. Sergio Garcia doesn't rank anymore. Maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. But you know, there, there are. I'll tell you one thing. John Rom needs to be playing these things, and so to. I hear some players that definitely need to be playing in in this on this new tour is Rom and DJ Bright, uh, uh Patrick Reed, um, Kepka, Kepka. I mean, who, who are we missing? I mean, you're going to have to throw Taylor Gooch in there because yes. he's been the best player since this stupid tour started. So yeah, it's. I, I don't. <laughs> Stupid I don't, tour. I don't you know. I know. I, I'm. I'm bombed. I mean, I'm all for creating a new tour, but is it just going to be for the elite? Is well, it, and then what happens to the? I mean, are we really growing the game, and are we providing new opportunities for kid for professional golfers? That's what I'm asking. And if the answer is yes, I'll sign off.
2: Even if the records aren't the same of those like Tiger and I'll Jack and. It. I'll hate that part. That part part you'll hate.
4: I will. I'll hate that part. Could you imagine if they did something stupid in the game of baseball to make, you know, Bob Gibson's records irrelevant? And I don't
2: know what that would look like. It was called the steroid era. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, that was part of it. Right. It's a bad comp, but those records were shattered because guys were on steroids. Right.
4: And the home run, home run records all sure. bit the dust and all that. But Bob Gibson, Danny won. He won like two hundred and sixty or two hundred and seventy ball games and had over three hundred
2: complete games. He had two hundred and fifty five complete games, two hundred fifty one wins. How about that? Yeah, it, you're not going to see. I that like anymore. my stats
4: better. Yours are <laughs> accurate. Mine sounded way better.
2: No, I, that's so that's so cool. I think, by the way, the current record holder of active players with complete games. I, I can't remember. Really, oh, it's, it's going to be I think, terrifying. I think it's Verlander, and I think he's got 26 complete games. And, and I mean, if a guy goes nine innings and gets you a win, you're shocked.
4: Bob Bob Gibson's rolling over and going, what happened to this game? I mean, oh. I'm a starting pitcher. I'm pitching today.
2: That's right. I'm, I go nine innings. This is my job. We win or lose. With, this is my job. They're on you, my back. Right. You're on
4: this. Just get back. Bullpen takes the day off. That's right. This is what I'm doing.
2: That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Coming up, we're going to visit with Lou Stagner, get into the analytics of the game of golf, some of the numbers that maybe can help you. It's going to be a fascinating conversation. We're brought to you by Darty Business Solutions, coming to you from the CarShield Studios. And remember, we have emails as well. Jay at jdelsinggolf.com. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing.
4: hey this is jay delsing and we golfers are always looking for ways to improve our games for me that means i want the very best and the very latest in equipment and in technology the place for me is pro-am golf in brentwood tom to grand opened pro-am golf center in 1975 and ever since then he and his family have provided st louis with the finest in golf equipment instruction and the latest in the ever-changing world of golf technology whether you are a scratch golfer looking to find the latest in range finders or a newcomer looking to find your first set of clubs pro-am golf has just what you're looking for you say you're looking to get yourself custom fitted for a new set of clubs you need to call tj he has fit me personally and he is the best in town If you mention my name, CJ will take 50% off the already low-fitting price. So if you need anything from golf balls to a new pair of shoes or a lesson from Tom, who, by the way, has been helping St. Louisans play better golf for over 45 years, Pro-Am Golf in Bruntwood is the place for you. You can also visit them at ProAmUSA.com. That's Pro-Am Golf.
2: For the best in Italian cuisine in St. Louis, look no further than Paul Mano's located in Chesterfield. It's traditional Italian cooking and their best ingredient It's their tradition it's cooking like paul's grandmother used to make and like his mother still prepares today there are no corners cut at paul mano's from greeting you at the door to the pasta you'll share with your family paul mano's is committed to bringing you their very best anytime you share a meal at their place it's paul mano's located in chesterfield
4: okay so you've been hearing me talk about one of our community's greatest contributors and most philanthropically inclined companies Yes, of course, I'm talking about Marcon, the largest distributors of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America. Did you know that Marcon is also the largest and most trusted supplier of commercial and residential appliance parts, HVAC, plumbing, commercial kitchens, pools, and spas? Also, all of that in North America. Their most recent endeavor, the Reese Across America program was a huge success. In case you don't recall, Ten thousand wreaths were placed on the grave sites of our fallen heroes across several of our veteran cemeteries around our great country. Marcone is committed to supporting our first responders, all of the branches of the military and service for our military, and our police and firefighters. Marcone here for you and your family as well as your community. That's Marcone. <laughs>
3: i Paul Lazinger, and you're listening to Golf
4: with Jay Delson. Redbird Heating and Cooling sponsors the Veterans Vocational Apprenticeship Program. Jed Dickinson, CEO and retired Navy man, will teach, mentor, and sign off on educational and mechanical work hours to help you get fully licensed while you work and get paid for the company. What a great way to launch your career as a fully licensed, HVAC specialist. Call Redbird Heating and Cooling today. That's 314-320-9507. That's Redbird Heating and Cooling.
2: Golf with Jay Delsing coming to you from the Car Shield Studios and we're presented by Darty Business Solutions. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. And joining us it's Lou Stagner and Data Insights lead at Arcos Golf. And I know, Jay, that you've been looking forward to this visit to get into the data side of what's happening with the game of golf.
4: Oh, absolutely, Danny. The, the game has changed so much. I, I, I can't wait to get Lou's insights on this. I feel like it's is all part of the Tiger Woods effect in golf. There's more eyes. There's more, there's more interest. And so, uh, hey, Lou, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Hi, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Good to be here. Looking forward to the chat.
4: So, Lou, tell us a little bit about, um, I know you're the assistant golf coach at Princeton and everything, but we'll get into that a little bit, but tell us about how you uh, got started with Lou Stagner Golf. you got a really cool newsletter, which I'm a subscriber to, and just the whole data side of golf.
0: Yeah, uh, boy, just over five years ago, I started a blog on golf analytics, and I, I live here in the Northeast. And I created it just to honestly kill some time in the winter. Um, I, I really didn't expect many people to, to read it. And um, I started to put some things out there. I started to tweet about it on Twitter back then. And it grew very quickly in, in ways that I could have never imagined, and you know, five years later, I get to talk to guys like you and and have some fun conversations.
2: So, tell us about the analytical side of golf. We have it in the major professional sports, but if I'm listening to this, what are some of the analytics that go into the game of golf?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Boy, we could probably spend an entire day or an entire weekend talking through that. I'll try to 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 uh, to go over here quickly i think we all owe thanks to uh professor mark brody uh professor brody is the one that created strokes gained back in i don't know 2007 2008 ish was his first paper Uh, they started using it on the pga tour in 2011 i believe and, and they first started with putting and then they uh extended it to the to the rest of the game and Strokes gained is a fantastic way to measure performance and take into account things that traditional stats will oftentimes miss, if that makes sense.
2: So some of those traditional stats as opposed to the analytics, give us an idea of how you compare the two.
0: Uh, So traditional stats would be fairway percent. Right, And a lot of people used to think in terms of fairway percent or putts per round. Uh, And those can be really misleading. So if you have somebody that has a really low number of putts per round, is it because they're a great putter or is it because they miss a lot of greens and they're chipping from around the green? And if you're chipping from 15, 20 yards away as a tour pro, you're probably going to end up a lot closer than if you're hitting the green from, let's say, 150 yards out. And so when when your first putt is from significantly closer, you're going to have overall less putts. So looking at something like putts per round can be very misleading. And something like strokes gained really uh, gives better context around performance and how well someone's playing.
4: Hey, Lou, when I was playing the tour, you know, we had those kind of they're almost barbaric, but archaic is maybe a, a more preferred word. But those stats, you know, and they'd give us six or eight of those categories. And I'd look at it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I had a, a stretch of golf where I was so bad with my approach shots that I was hitting greens, but I was 40 feet from the hole. And all of a sudden, my putting stats are terrible. You know what I mean? And, and so yep. I I started trying to figure out how to break things down. And one of the first things that I kept for myself, um, Lou, that they didn't have was how many fair, how many greens did I hit from the fairway? Because I was super long, but wild off the tee, you know? And so I was playing with the lousy grooves back in the day and it was hard to to hold balls on the greens without the you know, we don't have the modern-day grooves that, that grip the ball so well. And so that's where it all started for me. And then I started doing my putting stats from distances because I wanted to know, like, where is that magic circle that I don't miss from, generally speaking? And it was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's a, you were making some early steps and strides towards looking at the game in, in a little more nuanced a little more detailed way to give you better information uh and golf has made some some big strides in that uh we're, we're still behind some other sports but it's it's really been pretty well adopted by players uh and as players continue to turn over and we bring younger players into the game younger players are kind of growing up on strokes gain they're growing up on stat tracking and you'll just see what people are doing and, and how they are applying it you know continue to expand not only at the tour level but at the amateur level as well it's, it's a great way to get insights on your game see how you're performing and then allow you to work on the parts of your game that need the most work, and that typically is going to help you improve a little bit faster.
2: What's their reaction when they get a chance to meet a loose stagner that's going through all the numbers and the analytics? What's their reaction to seeing some of the results that they get from this?
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's another great question. Um, there's there's a lot of skeptics out there still. right? So um, people sometimes need to be you know, convinced of the numbers, if that's a, if that's a fair way to put it. Um, but when they see the results that they get by learning from this information and then applying that to their game and seeing improvements, um, you start to see people adopting this pretty quickly. And on the PGA Tour level, you know, it's very valuable. Um, 0.05 shots, so five one-hundredths of a shot, not even a tenth of a stroke, it, depending on the player, depending on the situation, that's worth anywhere between about a hundred grand a year to four hundred grand a year. How wow. about that again, Lou? Wow. De- the, yeah, again, depending on the player and the situation, but you know, they're playing for fractions of a shot out there. And improving by just a fraction of a shot every time you play a hole is going to add up to some big dollars. So, you know, we're not talking about the difference in skill between you know a, a scratch player and a 15 handicap you know the difference between a top 10 player on tour and a player that's maybe struggling to keep their card the difference is not that big it's very very fine the, the people think there's this massive gap between them and, and there really isn't um it's so fine and if you can figure out ways to save a few hundredths of a shot here and there, it adds up to big dollars. Lou, that—that that is so fascinating.
4: And I felt that, you know, because people are like, yeah, you're not a, a top 10 player in the world and this, and, and it's like, yeah, but I'm so close. I'm so much closer than most people know, you know, because they look at the paper and they go, oh, another 30th place finish. Congratulations. Nobody cares. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. The difference is, is so small. I've talked about this with a, a few people in the past before. You could take a player that's 150th on the money list and a, and a player that's 10th on the money list, and you could put them side by side on the range and, and block out and not allow anyone to see who they are and just watch them hit golf balls, you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. You, you just you wouldn't. They're that close, they're that, they're that good. They're just a fraction of a shot better here and there, and it just – it adds up to, you know, a shot, shot and a half, and, and that's it, – it sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot when you look at um, the skill differences in each part of the game.
4: Lou, I'm a golf nerd, and I love reading your stuff. I get your newsletter. We'll we'll, we'll get people information on how to sign that up. But let's talk a little bit uh, from your perspective and your expertise for the, the, the handicap golfer because the handicap system is interesting. First of all, I'm not sure people exactly understand it. And I think and if you can help and if we can help educate our guys on expectations, when they get to the golf course, I think it can really help their game.
0: Yeah, it's a great topic here, and and I'll be the first to say that, you know, coming up with a handicap system that is equitable in all situations is a very challenging task, right? There's there's a lot that needs to be done there to to make this uh, to make this a perfect situation. Um, so what we have right now um, is. I would say overall, very, very solid. And I think the biggest misconception that people have is when you play golf, you enter your score and the course you're playing at has a course rating and a slope rating. And from that, they calculate a differential. And that's just essentially a measure of how well you played that day. And that's what's used to get your handicap index. And now your handicap index is not your handicap it's used to get your handicap for the golf course that you're going to play that day. And here's a great way to think of it. Imagine the, you know, the local muni near you that's maybe 5,900 yards, really easy, really straightforward. And let, let's say your index is a, is a five, a 5.0. On that course, you might only get three shots. You might only get three shots when you step up to the first tee. But now you go play the ocean course at Kiowa. And for whatever crazy reason you decide to play the tips, Uh, you're probably going to get around 12 shots or 13 shots from the tips at Kiowa uh, as a five index. And so at one course, you're going to get three shots and another course, you're going to get 13 shots Um, and you're still a five index. And so your index is used to get your course handicap. I think that's probably the biggest misconception that people have around that. And then the other thing too is that people think that they're going to shoot their handicap a lot, and they won't. Statistically, you'll only shoot your handicap or better about 20% of the time, so one out of every five rounds. And then your scoring average, a really good rule of thumb, is your scoring average will be your course handicap, again, your course handicap, plus three shots. So let's say that at your home club, you get eight strokes, and it's a par 72. Your scoring average is going to be about 83 for your last 20 rounds. So 72 is the par, 8 is your handicap, your course handicap. 72 plus 8 is 80, and then add three shots onto that. Your scoring average would be about 83. This rule of thumb applies to every skill level, whether you're a scratch player, whether you're 25 handicap. Uh, this is good. This is a really good way to understand about what your scoring average will be or should be.
4: You got my partner over here shaking his head. He's he's in complete agreement, right? Total now. agreement
2: <laughs> with this. Total <laughs> agreement. Love it. What would you do with the handicap system to improve it? So you, it's not perfect, but what can you do to maybe improve the system that we play with? All of us play with uh, nowadays here in twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's, that's a hard question to answer. I've had some pretty deep conversations with a, a friend of mine about this. Uh, his name is Will Knaut. Um, Will played in the Byron Nelson last year. He was the Byron Nelson Award winner. Uh, he just graduated last year, a year and a half ago, from Carnegie Mellon. He's now doing his Ph.D. in mathematics at Columbia. So he's a really good player, and he's really smart and really good at math. You know, there's definitely an answer out there, but it would require um, people like Will to put in some time on, on how to try to deal with the different variants across different handicap levels. The way that it's set up now, it it definitely, it favors like mid to high handicappers a bit. And that's not a knock against mid to high handicappers at all in any way. But it gives them a bit of an advantage, and like if I were to reduce some of what they do and how they do it, I would I would try to look there, and I would try to I try to solve for that. I don't have an easy answer for you initially because it's a pretty deep math problem, but I know that there's a, there's definitely a better way, and I, I hope that at some point here in the near future, some really smart folks put some, some mental effort into trying to crack that nut.
4: Lou, we, we play with a couple of guys that never, ever, ever make a putt they don't need and know how, <laughs> and know how to do this system, you know, and it's really, really interesting when, you know, you're, you're, you're settling up and you're having a, a, a beer and, you Talking about the round, and it's just amazing how these guys have figured it out.
0: Well, I mean that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Assuming <laughs> assuming people are playing to shoot the best score possible and not, you know, tapping out when they've uh, you know either won or lost the match. Uh, that's you know that's a problem. That's uh, that's a totally separate problem, and uh, that's a tough one to uh, that's a tough one to solve. A few years ago, I was near the parking lot at uh, at a club. There were two guys walking through, and I was very close to them. And I heard one guy say to the other guy, what's your handicap? And the second guy responded with, what do you need it to be? <laughs> <laughs> so so guy, guys like that are always going to be a problem no matter what system we have. Lou, how
2: many pros have reached out to you or their coaches, instructors, also, in addition to that, colleges and universities of just trying to get that, that little edge of what it may mean to make that player better. But just in, in general sense, how many of those people have reached out to you?
0: Yeah, I've worked with a few over the years. I work with a number of college players. I obviously coach at Princeton, and there's uh, currently four other Division one, five other Division one players now that I work with and consult with. And there's been, through the years, through some of the work I've done directly, and then in the past, I've worked with folks like uh, Scott Fawcett, um, where I've probably crunched some numbers for I think eight or nine different tour pros Lou, over the span of the last few years.
4: Lou, it's super cool that you brought up Scott Fawcett and Decade Golf, because I wanted, so when I got on the PGA Tour back 100 years ago, the first thing that the guys that were mentoring me, the Andy Norse of the world, where they said, Delce, you've got to get rid of that driver and you've got to get a one iron. you got to figure out how to get this ball in play. And it's funny because when I had, we had Scott on the show, he goes, yeah, that's, that's so interesting because you did it exactly the opposite way that you should have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he's spot on. Um, I, I, I think the, uh, our knowledge like anything else like every other endeavor knowledge evolves and we've learned um, exactly how important distance is and distance always doesn't just mean hitting the ball farther swinging club faster distance in many occasions especially at the tour level compared to how it used to be is deciding to hit the ball longer through different club selections And so you talked about how you were coached to get yourself a one iron to keep it in play. Um, That's mathematically wasn't likely your best option. (laughs) Um, And and so, you know, we've learned from that and we understand and we've quantified that better. Now, distance has always been important. Uh, We just understand it much better now with uh, the advent of strokes gained and, and allowing us to to crunch those numbers and, and, and see what that adds up to.
4: Lou, it's interesting because t- this is a perfect example of what I would do. We're playing a straight downwind par four that I could drive the ball probably within 40 yards of the green, okay? And I would yep. lay back with even something less than a one iron trying to hit that perfect distance so that I would have a really comfortable shot in and oftentimes do it and still not being able to hit the ball anywhere close to the hole because the downwind and the conditions were so brutal. Why the hell wouldn't I want a shorter shot in the miss? The Even if it's a big miss with a sand wedge, it's not going to be as far away as a miss with my nine iron.
0: 100%. You know, as you get closer to the hole, dispersion gets tighter and it gets smaller. Um, I think it's tour pros miss 19, 18 and a half, 19% of the greens from 105 yards. Wow. Don't hold me to that. It's right about there. So, you know, laying back to that number, you know, you're going to miss a fair number of greens. Getting it closer um, allows you to have a, you know, a, a much smaller dispersion pattern with what whatever you have. And I think the the problem that some people end up with when they, when they advance it down there really close. And let's say you have that 30 or 40 yard shot and you end up in a, in a difficult position where maybe you're pretty severely short-sighted and you try to hit the hero shot. I, I think that's where sometimes, you know, going for it, so to speak, gets a bad rap uh, because people, they go for it, they get down they're 30 yards. They have a, you know, in your case on tour, you have a pin that's cut three or four from the edge and you try to get really cute with it and get it really close. And you, you know, maybe you dump it short, which happens occasionally at your level, uh, or you know something else really bad happens and, and you knock it well, well past. Um, I think in a lot of those situations, when you find yourself really short-sighted, you have to sometimes play away from the hole. And I think this applies especially to people like me, amateurs like me. Um, you might be 30 or 40 yards from the hole, and does it feel great to... You know, to aim 10, 12 feet left or right of that pin, and and play for a little safer shot. It, that doesn't feel great, but that's what you need to do when you get into those positions. And remember, you're not always going to be in those positions. We can't, we don't have a lot of control where that ball ends up. And not every time that you go for it, are you going to be in a really challenging position? There's going to be plenty of times where you're going to be in a pretty easy position and give you a really good opportunity to you know, potentially get something close, or in the case of an amateur, really reduce your opportunity to make a bogey.
2: Lou, have you thought about or done any calculations of what the rollback of the golf ball may do and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to see? And, and, you know, when you're doing these kind of things, you're trying to figure out what it may look like. Have you, have you thought about that and what that may mean for the average golfer out there?
0: Yeah, boy, we could, we could do a <laughs> multiple-hour podcast sure. on this topic. It's, it's, uh, it's a topic that I've, I've talked about quite a bit. I'm, I'm not uh, – I am an opponent of a rollback at any level. I, I don't think we should be doing that. But as far as amateur golfers go, the thing that you – know, again, I don't want to go off and, on a soapbox here, but the thing that makes me nervous with amateur golfers is the game is really hard, and we're going to make it harder. And the NGF, the National Golf Foundation – They've done a lot of research on what keeps people engaged and what turns them from casual golfers to committed golfers. And golf has a a really big fall-off problem where we have a lot of new people trying out the game each year, but they sort of fall through the funnel and they do not turn into committed golfers that are playing on a regular basis. So what makes me nervous is that we're going to make this game a little bit harder by making the ball go a little bit shorter. And some people will argue it's not going to make that big of a difference. But the work that the NGF has done has shown that as scores go from like 105 to 95, as you start to shoot, Closer to 95, you start to get more engaged. You're, you're making that transition from casual golfer to be more of a committed golfer. And then as your scores drop from 95 down to 85, there's this huge shift to go from casual to committed. And at that level, literally every stroke matters. And every stroke better that somebody gets from 98 to 97 to 96 and so on, they become more engaged and they're more likely to be, turn into committed golfers. Uh, Golf has been going through, has been riding a wave post COVID with participation. But as you know, pre COVID, we were not riding a wave. Like the last wave we had was post Tiger and and that bubble popped as well. And if this next bubble pops again, at some point here, um, boy, and and we've double whammyed it by making golfers a little bit shorter, I just think that it's a slippery slope, and I, I don't, in my opinion, it wasn't really well thought out, and I haven't seen any really good data from them on um, looking forward and, and projecting what might happen along these lines.
4: Lou, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the 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 amount of distance that the tour player is going to lose is not going to be significant enough to engage in this thing. I don't think, but. Um, Lou, was there anything when you started jumping into this, was there any specific data point or any specific area that you were like really surprised about? It was kind of like an aha moment.
0: I was literally the very first thing that I did, the very first study that I did and what kind of got me into it was looking at how players perform on the PGA tour when they have the quote unquote better angle. I had grown up being told, like all of us have, if the pin's on the right, you want to be up the left side of the fairway, give yourself a better angle, and that was the first study that I did, and I fully expected to see that there was going to be a significant benefit to having the good angle. And after I got through and finished my study and, and had you know just millions of shots of data that I was looking at from ShotLink, I had to double, triple, quadruple check the numbers because what I had found did not support that. Uh, And I was just absolutely kind of blown away by that. And so what I think, my hypothesis, what's going on, and the data supports this, is when tour players have the good angle, they are a bit more aggressive. And I can see that in the data because they start to short side themselves a little bit more when they have the good angle. So we've all been told you can be aggressive with the good angle, and being aggressive as a tour pro when you have a good angle to a tucked pin means you're going to short side it more.
4: <laughs> it takes now, right in the ditch.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so now when when you have the bad angle, you are a, we've been to, we've all we're told growing up playing if you have the bad angle you need to be really conservative, and when they have the bad angle, they're playing well away from the hole, um, and they are being too conservative. And what was really interesting is if I took shots from the center of the fairway, they ended up in most situations being the best overall score from the center of the fairway. And I think it's a bit of the Goldilocks phenomenon where if you have the good angle, you're a little bit too aggressive. If you have the bad angle, you're a little bit too conservative. And if you were in the middle of the fairway, you kind of backed into a more optimal target and you optimize your scoring. And so that was really shocking and surprising to me.
4: Lou, this stuff is so fascinating to me. So if there was one thing that you could uh, tell our listeners to focus on, or how do you lower your handicap, how do you shoot better scores, what would that be? What would that look like?
0: Yeah, so if you are not, first I would tell you, you want to be tracking stats you want to use an app like Arcos so that's going to give you Strokes scan. But if you don't want to do that, if you say, Lou, that's not for me, I'm not a numbers guy, I don't really care, I would tell you to track three things. First thing I would tell you to track is greens and regulation. That is a traditional stat that does have a significant amount of value. And of all the stats out there, that's going to really give you an indication of how well you are performing. So golf at every level is about hitting as many greens as possible. When we miss a green, our chances of making bogey or worse go up significantly. So how many greens are you hitting? How many tee shots are you keeping in play? That's extremely important. I don't care if you hit the fairway or not. How many tee shots are you keeping in play? doesn't matter if it's in the rough. We prefer not to be in a bunker, but we take a bunker over being out of bouncer in the water. So what percentage of tee shots are you keeping in play? And then what percentage of your shots are you hitting solid? And for amateurs, that means you, know, you didn't top it, you didn't sky it, you didn't shank it. You just hit something relatively solid. And that is a great way to track and monitor your game if you don't want to get into the level of strokes game. And as you see all of those numbers improve, you will see your handicap get better.
2: Lou, what's the best way to get a hold of you and your newsletter and some of the various things that you're doing?
0: Uh, you can you can go to loustagnergolf.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter there, or you can check me out on uh, Twitter. Well, I guess it's called X, uh, at Lou Stagner.
4: Lou, I, and thanks so much for joining us. I know you're, you're, take it, you're a family guy, and you've got a lot going on. I really appreciate the time. We, I just wanted to ask you just a little bit about Princeton. Obviously, you got some smart guys up there that can swing the clubs a little bit. How does this <laughs> yep. whole th- how does this jive with them? Are you are you you might see some questions from those boys that you may not see from some of our other golfing folks?
0: Yeah, that is a great observation, Jay. Uh, they are all excellent golfers, uh, all very elite players, and they are all incredibly smart. So there is absolutely no fooling them in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they will expose you if you do not know what you are doing and how you're doing it. But we've uh, we've been having a, a great run um, at the uh, part way through this season, um, th- this fall season that just finished. We were ranked as high as 68, and that's the highest ranking that Princeton's ever had uh, in the men's program. Um, and we have a really solid team. I'm really looking forward to the spring season. They've all adopted you know, what we're doing and how we're trying to play. It's a, it's a really fun team to, uh, to get to be a very small part of. It's
2: great stuff. Hey, Lou, thank you so much. This has been fascinating, and I know our listeners have really enjoyed it. I know we both have enjoyed it. And uh, let's connect down the road if we can. But thanks for doing this.
0: Yeah, I would love to. Thanks again for having me, guys. Really appreciate it.
4: We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion.
2: You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. To connect with Jay, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in equipment, find the latest innovations in golf, and get tips from a PGA professional. That's jdelsingolf.com.
4: Are you driving an out-of-warranty car? It's only a matter of time before your out-of-warranty vehicle is in the shop costing you thousands of dollars. Auto repair costs are up nearly 20% from last year, which is four times the rate of inflation. If an unexpected breakdown happened today, would you be ready for that? Well, now you can be with a plan through CarShield. Even if your car is just over three years old, it's still prone to expensive costs. Your car is more than just getting you from point A to point B. Traveling by car is a way of life. From picking up your kids to going to a new restaurant, cars are a daily essential. When you enroll in a car protection plan through CarShield, you can look forward to the following. The price will never go up no matter how many claims you file or no matter how high the mileage on your car increases. CarShield offers protection plans that start as low as $100 per month. That's $100 per month. They have repair coverage for up to 5,000 different parts of your vehicle. Plus, when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road, you get 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance. You also get complimentary towing and rental car options. CarShield has my back when my car breaks down and they can have yours too. Call CarShield today at 800-465-6550 or visit carshield.com. It's CarShield, proud sponsor of the Golf with Jay Delsing show.
1: Hi, this is Adam Beth from Family Golf and Learning Center. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing.
4: Gordy Business Solutions has been enhancing the business of our customers for the last 37 years. How do we do it? Through our expertise in technology, better use of data and analytics, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. We roll up our sleeves and collaborate. We build applications and effectively communicate with our partner clients to bring their goals and objectives to the finish line. Our award winning Access Point program is a community game changer. With nearly 100 students in the program, mostly young African American females are making between 55 and $60,000 per year, right out of high school. That's right 55 to $60,000 a year, right after high school graduation. That's when they begin their training. CEO Ron Darty believes the talent is equally distributed, but access to that opportunity is not. So here's Access Point, providing more and more opportunity for those in and around our community.
2: It's Dirty Business Solutions. For the best in Italian cuisine in St. Louis, look no further than Paul Mano's, located in Chesterfield. It's traditional Italian cooking, and their best ingredient? It's their tradition. It's cooking like Paul's grandmother used to make and like his mother still prepares today. There are no corners cut at Paul Mano's. From greeting you at the door to the pasta you'll share with your family. Paul Mano's is committed to bringing you their very best anytime you share a meal at their place. It's Paul Mano's located in Chesterfield.
4: I'm delighted to welcome the Amateur Players Tour to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. The APT team has worked so hard to establish a national golf tour for amateurs. Folks, don't miss out on this opportunity. If you love golf and ever wondered what all the fuss about tournament golf is, then this tour is for you. We just released the 2024 schedule and it is a beast. There's 21 events, Currently in the Metropolitan St. Louis area with many more to come. But check out these golf courses. Payne's Valley, Ozark National, Stone Wolf, Ambrier, Persimmon Woods, Gateway National, and a 36-hole event on Norwood's West Course, and many more. Okay, so the courses are certainly cool and nice, but what's really neat is the way the events are run and how they are run. The APT team does a fantastic job of closely monitoring handicaps and ensuring a good and fair competition. There are five divisions a year long points competition, major championships, elevated events and much much more. Right now there are over 6000 members in 41 different local chapters across the country. And all that's happened in just over five years. Join now and don't miss out on the best tournament golf in the country. Run for amateurs by amateurs themselves. Go to amateurplayerstour.com. That's amateurplayerstour.com.
2: Heading down the stretch on golf with Jay Delsing. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Our thanks to Lou Stagner. That was interesting, that conversation, getting into the numbers side of the game of golf. That was really cool.
4: I, I don't know what... I guess the thing that, that I wanted to talk about a little bit for our listeners was the, the handicapping and how if you're a 10 handicap, you're going to shoot your handicap 20% of the time.
2: That's it. Wow. 20% of the time. And Hard that's game. you know the the interesting thing about a handicap are you really truly keeping a handicap? Right. You know, are you honest with the players that you're playing with and not Sitting there saying, well, uh, you're actually an eight. No, oh, no, no, I'm a 12. Right. Because you're in some kind of game. That right. happens nonstop. Oh,
4: man, I go over to Norwood and they got guys that are five handicaps that shoot 68.
2: I saw something Come happen on. on the 4th of July with my buddy Jaybird Bird who went out and shot like a, yeah. I don't know, 68 or 67 or something like that. And you wound up having to pay.
4: Yeah cost me 100, $120. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not that you're bitter about it. Not that I've forgotten or anything. No. No, it's just, yeah.
4: You can't do that. a shot of
2: 66 you that day. You can't
4: do that. It was a 66. You yeah. can't do that. You can't do that, man. 66s don't fall off a of trees. No, you and should not You cannot have a four handicap shooting 69.
2: Right. You can't. I wanted to get into this before, uh, and you reminded me during the break, before we get into some emails. Yep. but. Fox Run, yes. which is a yes. treasure here yes. in St. Louis. Absolute, It's coming back, Gym. isn't
4: it? It's a gem. Yes. I just had lunch this past week with Jeff Budrick, who his – the story is so cool. First of all, he's a great guy. Loves the game of golf. A big family guy. He's got five children. Um, just just a just a great guy. We sat around, and, and he told me the story. He, he – Bought an auction years and years and years ago, Danny. Somewhere probably around two thousand or maybe like ninety-five, something like that, for three hundred dollars. he loved the game, but he he just didn't have the financial wherewithal to join a club or anything. And he went out there and played at Fox and loved it. He loved it. And so he went on and David Alt was the owner and a very quirky guy, but a great guy. He he just treated me so well, Mr. Alt did. Rest in peace. And um and Jeff went in his office and said, "Mr. Alt, you know my name is Jeff Budrick, and I just here's how I got the, the the privilege to play here, and I'm a Muni player, and I, I've I know I want to join, but it's seventy five hundred dollars, and I only have five thousand, and I but I have five thousand dollars cash, and I can't, I I just don't have." And and Mr. Alt said, "I'm so glad that you." Enjoy the thing, and when you get your 7500 come back and talk to me. So Jeff said he went and saved his nickels and saved it and saved it, and he got his $7,500 together and went back up there and joined. And he said it was like he, he was just blown away at how fortunate it made him feel to be able to play such a great track. You know, and, and and he was like, this is, because when you play municipal golf, you know what it's like, D. You, you and I grew up the same sure. way. It's, you know, there's, sometimes there's motorcycle tracks through the greens. There's uh, absolutely yeah, there's all sorts of things you just deal with. And now, so, hold on. How
2: did he go from $7,500 to now buying Fox Run and redoing so, this but, and restoring it? So,
4: Danny, it? this has been 24, this has been 30 years. It's a great story. It's a fun, so he, so. Mr. All passed away and the the Fox Run was part of his estate and his kids didn't want anything to do with it. So Jeff put together, a, a, I, I think himself and maybe one or two other guys, I'm not sure, and he bought it. And so basically what he's doing is he went out and got the old superintendent that's now part of the team. He went out and, and got all the old maps and stuff and he's Basically, cutting down a lot of trees that don't belong there, and 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 restoring Fox,
2: which was a great track. Oh, awesome!
4: Great track, great track. Here's interesting: Fox and Boone Valley are are were were created right around the same time. I think Boone opened just slightly ahead of them, but super cool. Anyway. Stay tuned because we'll have more information about Fox Run and Jeff and, and, and his team. But we went out there. The clubhouse is super cool. The facilities. And what he's going to do is just, it's 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 really going to be neat. It's right. really going to be neat.
2: That's cool. Let's uh, get to some emails. Yep. J at jdelsingolf.com. Steve in South County. Guys, loved the visit with Mr. Stagner. However, do you think analytics are too much already in the numbers in the game of golf?
4: Yeah, great, Steve. So we talked about this at the open. You just have to be careful. Certain personalities are going to gravitate to this more than others. Guys that want to feel in control, those are the guys you really got to be careful. My buddy, Pearley, he is one of those. His personality, he wants to control. Danny, you cannot control the golf club. you got to swing it. And Bob Rotella will tell you the more you free it up and trust yourself, the straighter the ball goes. The more you try to control it and try to hold on to the ball and hold on to your swing, the, the more sideways it goes. It's just that's the way it is. And so you really have to know yourself and, and, and enter it cautiously there are facts and and data that will help luke luke gave us three don't forget about green's hit that's very very important also guys don't make one swing cost you more than one stroke meaning keep your ball in play yeah that doesn't mean it kept has to saying be, that a bunch doesn't mean it has to be in the fairway d it means it's not in the hazard it's not in the penalty area. It's not in the water. And our buddy Scott Fawcett, when he was on the show, said the same thing, man. You can't, and you got to get rid of three putts.
2: Was there a stat that you gravitated towards when you were playing outside of your score and bogeys and double bogeys and three putts and things like that, yep. two putts? Um uh, my short there something putt, my, that you looked at?
4: My short putting. Yeah. My putting That's what minutes. I mean, like two putts yep. within my, my 5, putt, 10 feet. My, my putts. I, I looked at my putts from inside of 8 and 10 feet, that range right there. On my weeks, Danny, when I had good weeks, I hold 95, 98% of them. My weeks where I was struggling to make the cut, shoot, I was down in that 50% range. Like really? and But the average from 10 feet, you're under 50% right. for the year. That's so, incredible. And that's why you can't forget, folks, a PGA Tour player makes – Eighty percent of his money in six events, and so when that putter is hot, man, you got to keep your foot on the gas and you got to go.
2: West County, this is Mike. Guys, plain and simple, I need a trip. Warm weather, oh, I need warm weather. Mike, golf. take us with you. No kidding. So Jay, what courses do you recommend that are outside of St. Louis in warm weather places right now? We're
4: going south, and we're either going to Florida or going to Arizona or we're going to Palm Springs. That's where we're going. If you go to Palm Springs, anywhere you can play on out there. If you can get on most of Palm Springs is full of um, private courses and stuff, but there's <clears throat> PGA West. I think you can get on. There's plenty to play out there. If you go to Arizona, there's a uh, talking stick has um, um, a resort ad- attached to it. It's got 36 holes you could go to the tpc you don't have to pay the big money to go play the stadium course where we play the um the uh, waste management event on they've got the champions course on the other side of the road that's very affordable and a lot of fun to play or get your butt down to florida and go play someplace south of orlando orlando can still be cold just get south of orlando Your, your your family is um Gone to Naples before. There's some great tracks down there. You could go. My brother's on the East Coast, over at Pine Tree. And, Why are
2: you and, here if your brother's down there? I
4: know. I look <laughs> in the mirror every morning. and go, "What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you?" It's eleven. It was eleven degrees it's, or, What the
2: heck? So there's plenty of places to go.
4: Absolutely. Any of those places work. If you go, in, when the if you go to a place called Stream Song, which is in the middle of nowhere, Florida, it's pricey, but the three courses there are. Absolutely fantastic. Just make sure you're going to get some warm weather because it can still get cold in Orlando.
2: Let's go to Afton and Lisa, working on my driver, Jay, can I really truly trust the simulator? We kind of yeah. talked about this yeah. earlier.
4: You got to be careful, Lisa. You absolutely got to be careful because you can stand there and you you can lose your form quickly with the driver because you wind up trying to hit it so hard. Think of it, though, D. It's the one club in our bag that we don't really associate a distance to. If you go to your look, you have seventeen wedges in your bag. You yes, know I how do. far every it's one of those bag. go. You know how far every <laughs> one of those go. You have special dispensation from the PJ Tour Thank commissioner. You. you can have as many wedges. I appreciate no, that. but you know your eight iron goes one hundred and sixty five. Your but you pull your driver out and you are like, I have a good day. Yeah, and you could bust it two eighty
2: easily. You yep. have
4: not so good a day and it goes. Not 280. It goes 280 to the right, 280 to the left. Yeah, it it's place <laughs> Army Golf over there. Right, <laughs> left, right, left. So, yeah, that's the one thing. So you've got to be careful, Lisa. When you get in the Sims, you got to be mindful of, of of keeping your form, and it will never hurt if you get a, a a PGA a professional in there to give you just a couple pointers.
2: I think this is a great question. J at jdelsingolf.com. This is Kirkwood, Allison, She's asking about the, the length of the golf ball in cold weather in terms of like oh, how far you hit yep. it. You know, at what point... So she said that she plays in 40 degrees and above. Okay. So it's 45 out yep. as opposed to being 95 out in oh, the distances that you see.
4: Massive. Ma- I mean, so we know that the golf ball under, I think it's like 82 degrees somewhere in there, Danny. Um, it, it does... It hits a different level over 90, but there's this temperature in that 80-ish range where the golf ball is kind of at its optimum. It's not its max, but it's its optimum. But then when you get below 60, that ball underperforms. So we're talking at least a club. And when you go in the 40s, Man, I I mean, you couple that with being bundled up with your muscles, you know, how 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 fluid are you? How flexible are you? Allison's probably flexible as hell. She's out there playing golf. She's hardy as hell, I can tell you that. Yeah. She's, She's a charming. lot hardier than the two people sitting in this uh no studio question. right now. But I, I think it was it's just a matter of trying to figure it out. I mean the um, take extra club, and then, you know, hopefully the greens are somewhat respe- receptive because they get frozen pretty quickly.
2: West County, final uh, email, this is Tim. I'm putting at home. Do you have any drills I should do at home? I've heard you talk about the drills yep. on a putting green, but is there anything I can do at home?
4: No, I think the ba- the main thing, Tim, would be to do it get some things in front of a mirror and get... Um, Make sure your basics are, are handled so that your hands are not too far in front of the ball and for sure not behind the ball at address and that you're not moving a lot. Your lower body from your waist down is pretty much stationary for the most part and that you're not moving your head all over the place. Those those are the, the three components, and, and I, I do that in front of the mirror. You know, the it's hard speed-wise because rugs and carpets vary so much, but the fact that you're out there just putting and working on some of that um, – you could still do the same drill with your eyes closed to, to work on the solid strike with the putter because as soon
2: as you close your eyes, Tim... That's interesting, closing your eyes. I've never really heard you talk about this. Yeah, we,
4: we, we talked about it several times with a longer putt to try to get a sense for, because as soon as you close your eyes, it's it's nothing but feel. And you'll go, oh, I hit that on the toe. or oh, I hit that on the heel. It'll It'll give you lots of good feedback.
2: My man, this has been another great show. We had Adam Betts in studio from Family Golf and Learning Center and Lou Stagner, Data Insights lead at Arcos Golf. So interesting stuff today.
4: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Danny. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for pawing out for just a minute. Now we're gonna go back outside and
2: freeze it up again. No, we're gonna watch football. You're coming over. Can't wait. Can't wait either. Great show. Thanks for doing it. How do we end it?
3: Hit him straight, St. Louis, and stay warm. Hey, St. Louis, Eddie McVeigh here from Maggie O'Brien's. When you head downtown for a concert or cards or blues game, and now for the St. Louis City soccer game, please come see us at Maggie O'Brien's before and after your event. Take our shuttle to and from or stay in-house and watch your favorite team on our multiple high-def TVs. We look forward to seeing you soon at one of our two locations in Sunset Hills on South Lindbergh or downtown at the corner of Market and 20th Street union station is next us
4: do you remember the golden rule i'm sure you do but just in case it goes like this treat people the way that you'd like to be treated at people's national bank that one statement is the cornerstone of what this bank is all about locally owned with 23 locations in southern illinois and the metropolitan st louis area people's national bank parlays a robust menu of commercial or personal banking services you could possibly need with a friendly yet hardworking Midwestern attitude. Maybe you just wanna do business with a bank whose entire team lives in the same neighborhoods as we do. If you're like me and doing business with someone you trust is important to you, then People's National Bank is the bank for you. Jason Rantham, local president, is here for you to call and he'll answer any questions you may have. His personal cell is 314-974-2243. You can also find us online at peoplesnationalbank.com. People's National Bank is here for all of your banking needs.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.